Hello, I'm Ray. Welcome to another podcast episode. This one about books, not all about books, because I'll probably ramble off on onto other stories and tangents and whatever. But a little bit about books. It's a peg to hang it on, isn't it? A, a hook to hang it on. Uh, what was I going to say? Weather today. Where's my piece of... Here we are. Piece of paper. Um, millibars, 1032. 93% humidity. It's 3 degrees centigrade, which is 37 Fahrenheit. Just looking out of the window. The flag is kind of doing nothing. So we'll call it no wind. It's Thursday, by the way, Thursday morning, 7.30. Okay, so I think we had a little bit of rain in the night. I must venture out and have a look in a minute. So without further ado, let's talk about books. Who remembers the Janet and John books? Do you remember those from the 50s and 60s? I used to love the Janet and John books. They were great. Janet would say, look, John, look, a rabbit. And he'd say, where, Jan, where, in it? <laughs> no, he wouldn't say that. But it was, uh, what were they called? Say say what you see or something like that. So she would say, look, John, look, a rabbit. There's a picture of a rabbit on the page. And you then associate the, the rabbit with the word. You could see the printed word. And they were good. I liked the Janet and John books. I think in the 50s and 60s, they were in just about every school in Britain. They were really popular and they were a good way to learn to read. I remember the teacher, <laughs> she said to me, spell open as in open the door. So I said, O-P-U-N, open. She said, no, 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 it's open, 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 O-P-E-N. Oh, OK, so I wrote that down in my book, in my jotter. And then she said, the whole class laughed. I, I, how old was I? I don't know, primary school. She said, spell what? And I'm thinking, what? what's what? What does that mean? And all the kids are looking at each other. I'm looking around thinking, does anyone know what she's talking about? And I said, I don't know what you mean. And she said, what? Spell what? And one of the kids said, do you mean what? And she said, yes, what? So I said, well, W-A-T. And she said, no. <laughs> she said, it's W-H-A-T, what? And someone piped up and said, well, no one says, what? What are you doing? And she said, no, I was pronouncing the H, normally it's silent, to help with the spelling so you'd understand. I, I thought, well, that's not helping me understand. That's just confusing me, going around saying words that I've no idea what they are because she's pr pronouncing them incorrectly. Another book I liked was Chicken Lickin'. That's that, why he was Chicken Lickin', I've no idea, dread to think. But he, <laughs> a nut dropped on his head, an acorn or something. And he thought the sky had fallen on his head. It was a Ladybird book, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that was right, Ladybird. They did massive series of books. So off he went to tell the king, and on the way he met all these furry animals, and he was telling all the animals how the sky had fallen on his head. I don't know the end of the story. I have no idea what the outcome was. But uh, that was an interesting one. But the only fiction I've read was Wuthering Heights. I enjoyed that. I remember... A part in the book where it, it described these dogs, were they under, on a sofa or under a, a shelf or something? I can't remember now. It was decades ago. And I, I really enjoyed the description of the dogs and how they were looking. I can't remember it now. I must, must add that to my list of things to look up. But all the books I've read, I've got loads of books. I must have a couple of hundred 
on radio transmitter aerials everything like that all that stuff electronics engineering electrical engineering i love all that stuff but fiction i can't i don't know what i can't do it i just haven't got the concentration the same with jigsaw puzzles my mother and trisha's mother they both love jigsaw puzzles and they do are they at 1000 piece puzzles i was around mother-in-law's the other day huge puzzle on the dining room table and she said i'm having a job with the sky on this one because it's all blue and i looked at it i, th- I can't do that as i couldn't sit there and do that they spend hours doing these puzzles i don't know it's every each to their own each to their own that, that's all i can say i just wouldn't have the i suppose the patience or the concentration but there we are as i say we're all different I think I mentioned recently encyclopedias. Did I was that last week or the week before? The World of the Children encyclopedias. They were good. They were interesting. But again, not fiction. I have tried to read uh, fiction. I was going to say fictitious books, but no, the book isn't fictitious, is it? Because it wouldn't exist. You can't read a book that... Anyway, sorry, (laughs) rambling on again. So I have tried to read some books and I'll get to the first paragraph. I'll read that try with the second paragraph no i can't that's boring can't read that i might get as far as the end of the first page never the first chapter never and i just find them and i don't not boring i don't know i can't relate i don't know how to how to put it really books aren't for me i think that's all i can say on that subject but i know a lot of people uh, my mother well both our mums we around the corner from us we've got what we call the book box basically it's a big plastic box outside someone's house by their front gate and it's full of paperbacks or fiction and what you do you take a couple you read them then you you put them back take a couple more and we often top it up with books that we found wherever we'll chuck them in the book box for other people to look at and they do rotate you know it's not the same old books all the time so what we do every Saturday morning on the way to my mother's place where we go and have a a coffee and do a bit of housework for her do you like the way i say we do a bit of housework <laughs> trisha does a bit of housework for her we pick up two or three books so she'll read those during the week then we will take those back and find two or three more books same with trisha's mum you know we get her, her books from there and so it goes on they love them they do, will sit there for hour after hour reading books i can't do that I remember when I went to the secondary modern school, what was I, 11 or 12, there was a big library in the school and we were encouraged to go to the library in our break and take out some books to read. I couldn't do that, but I did take out one, The Boy Electrician. And, you know, I've got that book even today. I had bought my own copy or I had a copy given to me for Christmas, The Boy Electrician, and I don't know where it went. But uh, I've now bought another copy, but I think the copy I bought is American. Anyway, that's all by the by. It was a fantastic book. It talked all about magnets, electricity, magnetism, motors, generators, batteries, telephones, how they worked. Fantastic book for someone like me. And we had to do a project on, oh, it was that I hated. We had to, in our summer holiday, which is meant to be for going over to the woods, isn't it? A summer holiday. It's not meant to be for doing some project in your bedroom at home while the sun's shining and other kids are over the woods by the pond getting tadpoles and sticklebacks and whatever they get. 
so I'm stuck at home doing this blasted project. So all I did was I copied a load out of the boy electrician, scribbled it on paper because I can't, I could never do joined up writing and I still can't. If I write anything, I do it in block capital letters. I can't do this joined up stuff. Well, I can, but it's illegible. No one can read it, <laughs> neither can I. <laughs> so there's no point in me even trying to do that. I should say there's no point in my even trying to do that before we get the grammar police onto me. So yeah, I did this project and uh, I sort of got some low marks for it because it was boring and it was all copied. I think they realised that. But uh, that's not what school summer holidays are for, sitting in your bedroom, writing and studying. No, they're for going over to the woods and <laughs> having fun and learning, learning over in the woods. As I said the other day, the other week, learning about the birds, the trees the insects, all that interesting stuff. Not sitting there writing a boring project for some boring teacher. Oh dear, what was that word? Ichiku Park, the lyrics. Why go, yeah, about going to school? Why go to learn the words of fools? <laughs> Our teachers weren't fools, I shouldn't say that. They certainly weren't interested in teaching us though. So I think they just had their own agenda. They just sit there, <laughs> sit there smoking and open your books at page 36 write an essay on that, and they'd sit there having a fag. That's <laughs> just the sort of job I should have done, really. I'd have enjoyed that. Right, sit down, you lot, shut up, open your books at page 49, and write me all a story all about it. <laughs> that would have been a nice, lazy job. How are you getting on with the audio? I've changed one or two things audio-wise on the, the recording. One or two, I've noticed one or two clicks popping up. I don't know what they're doing but uh, I'll sort that out eventually. Hopefully it's it's uh, comfortable to listen to, not too harsh on the ears, not too piercing. <laughs> Happy days. So what else was I going to go on about with books? Yes, the uh, encyclopedias, they were fantastic. We did at school, uh, I remember the English teacher, this was when I was perhaps 13, she said, okay, we're going to do The Merchant of Venice. Now, Shakespeare is brilliant apparently it's not for me but apparently he is or was brilliant his work is brilliant but I can't understand that I, it's not me and we had to do this merchant of Venice and none of us were interested bear in mind our school was a secondary modern school for boys we other kids the intelligent ones went on to grammar school back in those days we were the thickos I was in class 4c there was ABC I think there was a D stream as well. So I was in C stream in the Thicko's school. <laughs> so I was ultra Thicko. And I was not interested in Shakespeare, The Merchant of Venice. I wanted to learn how televisions worked, how radio transmitters worked. I didn't want to read some thing written hundreds of years ago. <laughs> anyway, we sort of started doing this Merchant of Venice. And the teacher bless her cotton socks. Do you know what she said to us one day? You lot aren't the type for Shakespeare. And we're all saying, well, we told you that. <laughs> but she said that to us. Imagine a teacher saying that to a class of boys today. Oh, you lot aren't the type to learn this. <laughs> and that was the end of The Merchant of Venice. We also had French lessons, this French master that we had. And we're all learning words. What was it? Le mur. Is that the wall? Le table for the table. 
la fenêtre, is that the window? And we're all learning these words and looking at each other. We don't want to do this. I wanted to get over the woods and catch some tadpoles or play around on my shortwave radio. Other boys wanted to do whatever and they gave up teaching us French. Looking back now, obviously, I'm really disappointed. I wish I had learnt another language, but I didn't, so that's that. Can't be bothered now, too old. But they just gave up. We went to the French lesson one afternoon. I remember it was in the afternoons. And the teacher wasn't there. And then the deputy head came in and he said, well, you're not doing French anymore. Of course, all us lot, yeah, great, all cheering. It wasn't actually something to cheer about. I wish we had, but I forget what we did instead. I can't remember. Probably something dreadful. Do you read books? Be interested to know how many of you read books. I know a lot of people do. How do you get on with this Kindle stuff? I think I mentioned the other day to you about uh, someone was saying, why don't I do an audio book? Well, I'm not sure how you do that. It's not just like a, a recording a podcast. I think you have to send it off. Someone edits it and engineers the audio and all this stuff and then you have to pay them. Oh, I can't do all that. So do you like these Kindle books, audio type books? I did listen to something recently. What was that? I forget what it was about. Oh, it was about a something to do with amateur radio, ham radio. And it was a lengthy article. And I was getting, not bored reading it, but I wanted to get on with something else while I was reading it, which of course you can't do. So I had the computer read it to me, which was good. I'm getting on with what I'm getting on with. And this computer type woman was reading the article to me and I got on quite well with that so I think I might be able to get on listening to audio books I'm not too sure it would have to be very interesting or a technical thing about ham radio I'd hate to see the the back of you know, the end of ordinary books proper paper books with pages I'd hate to see that come to an end and everything become electronic that would be awful if I do want to read an article, a lengthy article, if I want to read it myself, what I would do is print it. Just find the article online, press print, grab the sheets of A4 and read it. I like that. I like to read proper paper type books and text. I can't can't have everything. It's like photographs, isn't it? I've got hundreds. Trish the other day, she counted 17,000 photographs, which includes videos on her storage thing and I said to her do you look at them all how can you look at 17,000 no she's going through them I don't look at these and I had the same sort of amount well not quite and I'm deleting stuff I've got a picture of a tree a picture of a a field well what's that I don't even know where, where the field is so I deleted thousands of photos not of family obviously newborn babies and kids growing up stuff like that you keep so I don't like everything online. I used to like the photograph albums and I like reading things from a piece of paper. <laughs> but there we are. I'm just old-fashioned, I suppose. Talking of reading things, thanks for your emails. I do reply to them all, as I've said. The lengthy emails, some of them I get are rather long. I do put those in a queue because they take a while to, to read through, obviously, and to reply to. The shorter one or two line emails just... I think you talk a load of rubbish. Yeah, I can answer that fairly quickly, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I am now taking two or three days to get round to replying to the, the more 
comprehensive emails, we'll put it that way, rather than lengthy. But keep them coming, raiserants at protonmail.com. Keep them coming, because I enjoy reading them. And I do appreciate you taking the time to write them, of course. Just going back to books again, a lot of my radio books are old. They're written in the 30s, even in the 1920s. And I think it's brilliant looking back at the technology then. They're writing in the book in the in the 30s. This is the latest in radio reception, radio receivers, the latest technology. And looking back at it, I'm thinking this is fantastic, you know. Comparing what was <laughs> cutting-edge technology then to now, the difference is, well, it's just incredible, obviously. So I really do like reading about radio, telephones, anything like that. Television, when that started to come in in the 50s. Of course, I worked on TVs in the radio and TV workshop in the 1960s when I left school, became an apprentice radio and television engineer. That was great. I loved it. But the old books, though, they are amazing. You look back before the, the 1920s, go back even further somewhere. I've got some very old books and they're talking about lighting, electricity in the home when it's first introduced and all the different types of lighting. And oh, it's just fantastic reading about it. all. I, I love that. And engines, of course, I like reading about engines. My Lister petrol engine and my stationary engine. That I'm always banging on on about that was made in 1938 and when you look at that you know the engineering the way it's made the way it's designed it's brilliant we had some very very clever people back then well obviously and back into the 1800s as well when things like electricity was discovered and telephones morse code then telephones you could actually speak to each other through a piece of wire that must have been amazing and then, of course, with no wire, wireless, you're talking to each other through the air, hundreds of miles away, thousands of miles away. Anyway, that's another subject for another time. Another thing I'm always banging on about, have you noticed the evenings are getting lighter, those of you in Britain? Do you change the clocks in America? You do, don't you? I don't think, about Australia, down the southern hemisphere, do you change your clocks then to suit the, the time of year? I don't think you do. I'm sure you do in America, You'll have to let me know. Hours change, where are they? Spring forward and fall back. So end of March, they will go forward to British summertime. That's it, BST. At the moment, we're on uh, universal clock time. You, No, is it universal time clock, isn't it? UTC. I've always known it as GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. But no, 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 they have to change that. On the radio, they call it Zulu quite often they will say 1700 Zulu which means GMT I don't know why it's Zulu <laughs> but there we are that's uh, progress for you or whatever I do have two clocks in here one on GMT and then one on British summertime when it arrives because on the radio on shortwave radio all the radio stations they, they do their timing their schedules in GMT or UTC uh, so I've got two clocks, which is confusing. When Trish walks in, she'll say, well, what is the time? You know, is it half past 10 or half past 11? I don't know. <laughs> Depends where you are. Well, here I am back on the beach. The tide's in. Just about high tide now. 
very windy. It's about five degrees today, but it feels a lot colder because there's a, a wind. Trish is over there looking for mermaids' purses. As you know, I'm always banging on about how I prefer the countryside to the beach. Here's Trish, let's see what she's found. There's a load over there, look. Oh, good. A lot of birds around. Saw two jays in our garden this morning, which was rather nice, a pair of jays. And down here I've seen magpies, seagulls. Uh, there was a blackbird. That was a mistake. I think going to the beach was a mistake. It was so windy. Most of that recording, 90% of it, I've just had to delete. It was... It was so cold as well, a lot warmer than yesterday. Well, five or six degrees warmer, but that wind was icy. Anyway, we got some more cuttlefish and some mermaid's purses and a piece of seaweed to hang up outside under the patio roof to use as a weather forecast. Who remembers their grandma or granny or whatever hanging up a piece of seaweed outside and they'd have a look at it. Oh, it's going to rain today. No, it's going to be dry today. And it worked. I wonder whether it's better than our radio or TV weather forecasts that we keep hearing that are wrong. <laughs> they seem to be wrong anyway. I've just heard on the news, I've just heard on the news that the electricity companies or some of them are going to pay people to not use electricity for an hour or two on certain days or every, I don't know what they're talking about. So how about that? Can you imagine someone in the 50s and 60s saying, the electricity company are going to pay you if you switch off everything in your house, everything electric. What is going on? I can't keep up with all this nonsense, honestly. It's between, what was it they said on the telly earlier? Between 4.30 and 6 p.m. I think, on Tuesday, which I don't know when Tuesday is, they will pay you uh, the consumer for not using electricity. I don't know what is going on. Newspapers, you know, I was talking about books earlier. Newspapers are in decline, aren't they? I like proper paper text, if you know what I mean, books and newspapers and that. Not that I've ever bought a newspaper. But things I think will end up all online. I know newspaper businesses are in trouble or having difficulties, perhaps not in trouble. They are finding their sales dropping off. Who these days will go round to the local shop and buy a newspaper? I had a paper round when I was a kid and it was seven days a week. The Sunday papers, Saturday all through the week before school. I have seen one or two paper boys, paper girls. Are you allowed to say that? Paper people. There we are. Paper youngsters. Paper youngster delivery people. Is that <laughs> goodness me? Paper girls and paper boys, that's what they are. They go around on their bikes with their big sack full of newspapers. I have seen one or two, but nothing like they used to be. So all the news is online. I mean, who's going to buy a paper? You've got all your news online. You've got 24 hour TV stations, which are solid news. Well, they say they're solid news. I think three quarters of the time of that 24 hours is taken up with adverts, especially adverts for mattresses. Have you seen that? Is it Dolmeo mattress advert? It goes on and on. Oh, don't get me on to adverts. We'll forget that. 
Anyway, yes, so paid not to use electricity. <laughs> Newspapers are fading out. Oh, um, Ian, hello, Ian. Ian said, all this stuff that you used to do going over the woods, which you mention in almost every episode, I suppose I do, sorry, Ian, sorry for being repetitive. He says, what happened when you got a bit older? Did you still go over the woods with the girls? Now, yeah, what Ian goes on to say is that there were a, a crowd of us. We'd go over with the girls, there's boys and girls, we'd all go to the woods. Later on, as we got older, yes, Ian, things did change. We still went to the woods, but the boys were looking at the girls and the girls were looking at the boys in a different light. Yes, that, that did happen, obviously, as we got to our teens and then further into our teens. I still went to the woods. I was going over to the woods throughout my whole teens, my 20s, because I loved it. I liked just sitting there in the summer in particular on the grass, in the field, in the sun or in the woods, sit down my back to a pine tree and just relax listening to the birds, the, the wildlife, absolutely fantastic. This is the thing about the beach. People have said, you know, why don't you like the beach? It's only a mile down the road from where you live. Why don't you like it? In the summer, it's full of people because they're all down there swimming and shouting. In the winter, it's freezing cold and too windy even to make a proper recording. So I just don't like it. In the woods in the summer, it's lovely. Find somewhere in the woods where there are no people. You can sit there and just enjoy the warmth and the, the wildlife, the trees, the plants, everything. In the winter, if it's been snowing, it looks like a, a Christmas card, doesn't it? In the woods, the snow everywhere, it's fantastic. And the wildlife, of course, is still there. Well, those that aren't hibernating anyway. <laughs> and even if there's no snow in the winter, it's frosty, it's cold, but there's wildlife around, the trees are there. They're, they're sort of brown and barren, aren't they? But it's, it's lovely. I just don't like the beach. That's okay. As I said earlier, each to their own. It's uh, nothing wrong with the beach, if you like that. Okay, so what else have I got on? I've got a list here, look. It says here, Instagram smile. Oh, I saw that on the telly the other day. Some dentist was going on about people having an Instagram smile. I suppose they mean a set of perfectly aligned white teeth, you know, absolutely perfect teeth, all brilliant white. <laughs> so he was saying that you can get this online stuff that you do to your teeth, online braces and things, you know, the braces they put on youngsters to straighten their teeth. And he was saying that a lot of it, you can do damage. I know dentists are expensive. Well, I know that. <laughs> I know that from first-hand experience um, from only yesterday. No, not yesterday or whenever it was. But it's best, he was saying, it's best not to do online stuff, especially if you start trying to move your teeth with braces and contraptions and things like that. There we are. A lot of people just can't afford to go to the dentist, which is a shame. Okay, what's next? I think it's time for a cup of tea, don't you? I was watching Chris Packham yesterday and he was uh, doing this programme about the 1962-63 winter. That dreadful winter of 62-63 where for several weeks there were 10-foot snow drifts, everything was frozen solid, the Thames froze, the sea froze in certain places, it was an absolute disaster. And he was saying, imagine 
a village, this is what happened. Imagine a village or a farmhouse or a house in the country on its own. You lose electricity, the lines are down. Okay, you then lose the telephone, the lines are down again. Or there's, there's power cuts everywhere, there's just no electricity, no phone. You didn't have mobile phones back then, of course. What do you do? You can't contact, you can't communicate with the outside world at all. If you're in a farmhouse and your nearest neighbours say half a mile away, what do you do? And it just made me think about my radio hobby. I can use all my equipment and run it from a battery. I've got a big battery here that will run everything, only obviously for a limited amount of time. But I can talk to people all over the world, as well as locally, of course, and all around the UK. So what did they do back then? It must have been an absolute disaster because they had no central heating, they had coal fires, you run out of coal, you run out of wood, that's it, or you can't get outside to the wood store because the snow in some of the, the film that they were showing from the 62-63 winter, the snow was up to the gutter of the house, up to the roof, the beginning of the roof. So you couldn't open your door and go out and collect the, the wood from the, the shed or wherever. It must have been an absolute nightmare. I do remember it. I was 11 coming up 12. Uh, my, my birthday would have been, I was 12 in 53. So yes, yeah, 62, 63. I do remember it, the snow everywhere. It wasn't too bad where we were down here in Worthing, but the West Country, absolute nightmare for them. Several, well, several people, I think well over 100 people died as a direct result. People ran out of water because the, the water in the pipes were just frozen. I suppose you can melt the snow and drink that, can you? I, I don't know. What happens if you've got no water? Well, I suppose you'd have to drink the snow, wouldn't you? Well, not drink the snow, you know, melt it. <laughs> drink the water that was the snow. You know what I mean. But imagine if that happened now. We lose electricity. We lose our landline phone because the lines are down. We lose our mobile phone because your local cell thing, your phone mast hasn't got any electricity to operate the equipment. So mobile phones don't work. Central heating doesn't work. No electricity for the pump. What do people do? Luckily, we've got an open fire and plenty of coal and plenty of wood. And we've got enough food, but to last for how long? This is the thing, isn't it? Here's the thing. How long? So it must have been dreadful. And he was saying that actually it was Cliff Mitchellmore they were having do you remember Cliff Mitchellmore in the old days Stone the Crows that was a long time ago he was saying had it gone on for another week or longer it would have been a real crisis I mean it was a crisis anyway but it would have been more of a crisis two crises is, is anyway it would have been a disaster everything was frozen solid even the coal in coal trucks where railway engines could get through they had to melt the the coal, I mean, the coal's wet. That's just one huge lump of solid coal and ice in the trucks. On one of the film clips, they had a steam engine that had just got stuck in the snow and it just froze. Obviously, the fire went out, the water froze. That was that, it was stuck. They sent another engine out to help it. That one got stuck and froze. And a third one, and on the film, there were three steam engines, huge, great steam engines, all of them not going anywhere, no fire, no hot water, no steam, everything's frozen solid. <laughs> Three of them stuck there. I can laugh now, obviously, but imagine that. No post, no water, no electricity, no telephone. 
awful, absolutely awful. There we are. And as Chris Packham said at the end, could it happen again? Yes. The weather, there was, they had a weather chap on back in 63 that was explaining how it had happened. I didn't understand all of it, but basically something goes on west of the UK, something goes on to the east, something else to the north, and before you know it, there we are, frozen solid in the middle of all this stuff that was going on. Really strange. And of course it could happen again. We've obviously got better, well, have we got better tools and equipment these days? I don't know. The other day, was it Manchester Airport was closed? Bit of snow on the runway, that's it. Close the, close the whole airport. <laughs> no one's flying in or out. So I don't know, are we better equipped these days? Probably not. And of course, a farmhouse, it might have its own generator, but then only enough petrol to last a certain amount of time or diesel. Radio is the only form of reception you've got to hear what's going on in the rest of the country. And of course, back in 62, 63, there weren't that many transistor radios around, battery-operated transistor radios. A lot of them were the old valve things you plug in into the mains electricity which you hadn't got, so you couldn't even listen to the radio or watch the telly. If you were lucky, you had a transistor radio and possibly a spare battery. I suppose just switch it on when the news, I mean, it was news at certain times back then on the BBC Home Service, wasn't it? So just switch it on to catch the news to see what's happening. One thing that was a pleasant surprise down the beach there was no plastic anywhere. I expected to see bottles and carrier bags, all sorts of plastic all over the place. In fact, on the way there, I said to Trish, let's take a, a sack. We really ought to take a black sack to collect some plastic. There wasn't any. Of course, in the old days, do you remember the tar on the beach? Uh, like bitumen, soft tar. The oil tankers in the channel here, the English Channel, they used to wash out their oil tanks with seawater. And of course, it would all wash up on the beach. I remember seeing dead birds covered in oil on the beach. It was dreadful. That that was eventually banned. It was made illegal. So that cleaned that up. But wherever you went to the beach when I was a child, wherever we went, I remember my grandmother, my parents, be careful where you sit. Don't sit there. Look, mind that oil there. We had to find a spot that was free of oil. Dreadful, really. Brent, nice to hear from you. Um, you mentioned cigarette cards you don't know what they are as you live in america are cigarette cards or fag cards as we used to call them are they unique to britain i don't know they are small cards i'm trying to find photos so i can put them on the web page or oh, that reminds me the web page um, brent said have i got a website i have and there is one page which is for the podcast it's if you type in obviously the www dot type in radio-workshop.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Okay, so it's radio-workshop. The hyphen is the little, you know, little minus sign between the words. You know that, not the underscore. radio-workshop.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And I'm going to put some pictures there. I've already put a picture of a, a mermaid's purse. So you can go and have a look at that. And I'm trying to find pictures of cigarette cards. I can't find any. Well, not copyright free anyway. I can't steal other people's photos. I'll get into trouble. So yes, have a look at the web page. What I'm going to do in future is anything I'm talking about that people might not know what they are. 
I shall put that on the on the web page. So that might be interesting. There again, it might not. You might think, oh, I can't be bothered to go there and have a look. Brent also said that he's in Mexico at the moment. He lives in America. He's in Mexico. And he saw some kids in the street brushing the dirt away, making a little flat area, and they were playing marbles. How about that? Marbles being played in Mexico. Isn't that brilliant? I suppose children here still play marbles. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to make some inquiries. How can I inquire? I don't know. I'll have to ask family and friends that have got children, do they play marbles? Just going back to the cigarette cards for a minute. What they are, Brent, or what they were, they were little cards about, what, an inch by two inches, little cards, and you collect them. For example, there were footballers, um, famous footballers. You get a picture of each ch- each chap on the cards, and there might be a set of 30 or 40 you collect them all. They came in cigarette packets. So you'd have to get your, your mum and dad to smoke a lot. Oh, email, here we go. It's all happening already. And you'd collect these cards and you could buy a little album to stick them in. Brook Bond Tea. Do you remember, was it PG Tips, Brook Bond Tea? They started putting cards. They were still called cigarette cards or fag cards. Um, in, in their tea boxes, you buy a box of tea bags and in there you'd get two or three cigarette cards and you could get a, a little album to keep them in. There were wild birds, for example, garden birds. There were fish, wildlife, animals. Or there were all sorts of things you could collect. Tennis players. In fact, tennis players. My grandmother, I remember when I was a child, looking through her albums of cigarette cards from the 1930s, and there were pictures of tennis players. I remember the darling of the of the centre court, darling of the centre court, thinking, what was that? What do you mean, darling of the centre court? I don't know what happened to them, which is a great shame, actually, because they'd probably be worth a few, uh, well, I don't know how much they'd be worth, a few quid, I suppose. But it would be nice not to sell them, but to have them to look through. They were from the 30s. Of course, later on, there were cigarette coupons, weren't there? You could collect these coupons, and if you got, say, 3,000 coupons, you look in the the catalogue and oh look I can have an electric drill <laughs> for 3,000 coupons I mean the fact that the cigarettes almost killed you or did kill you when you're trying to get the drill you, you might as well give up the cigarettes and go and buy a drill but I remember collecting coupons many years ago when I smoked I don't think I ever sent them off because I never had enough for anything just going back to books again the ladybird books were fantastic there were the I spy books do you remember the I spy books they were for kids. You're driving along in the back of your parents' car and you're off into the country somewhere and you'd have something like, I spy, I don't know, farm animals. So you'd see sheep in a field and you'd tick them off and cows, you might see goats or something and you'd tick them off. The only thing I found with the I spy books, I could never find anything. I'm sitting in the back of the car where we're bombing along, going on a holiday or wherever we're going to and I'm sitting there with my pen and my I spy book I can't see anything, nothing at all in the book. <laughs> then there were the jokes, weren't there? What was it? Um, Mini Skirts by Seymour Leg. Do you remember those jokes? Mini Skirts by Seymour Leg. Yes, you get that. <laughs> there were lots of silly jokes like that. Then there were the other books. Was it Biff and Biff and Chip? Uh, they were way after my time. I think they were more in the 70s and 80s. Then there was the phase at school where they were teaching children to read 
um, phonetically, they would have phonetic. Remember I said earlier, I, I said to the teacher, well, how do you spell what? Well, W-A-T or perhaps W-O-T, what? And they were doing that with kids. And a lot of the kids I remember, I remember our children and neighbours' children having difficulty with that because they were spelling things incorrectly. I remember one of our children was getting it getting ticks for things yeah that's correct you've done that well and it was all spelt incorrectly you look at it and you think well what are they doing I don't know it was some idea I don't know whether they still do that but all this phonetic stuff to me it seems silly but I don't know perhaps it does work for some talking of cigarette cards as I was have you any photos I must get some a photo or two of cigarette cards to put on the on the web page I've been looking again. I can't find anything copyright free. I don't. I used to have loads of cigarette cards when I was young. Where does stuff go? I had a lot of records. I had 45s, the singles. I had albums, LPs. I don't know where they've all gone over the years. I suppose they things disappear, don't they? <laughs> Probably lent them to people and never got them back. But if you've got any photos of cigarette cards, for those of you that remember them, uh, it might be very useful well it will be very useful to put them on the page so everyone can have a look we've just weighed the tortoise he's still hibernating his 605 grams which is what he was a few weeks ago uh, was it a couple of weeks three weeks ago his weight is going down slowly which it will because he's not eating anything obviously he's hibernating but his body will use up his kind of fat reserves so he's okay we're going to wake him up we're going to read into this every year we do it but we every year we read up on it just to make sure that we're doing it properly obviously you can't bring him from five degrees instantly up to sort of 20 degrees uh that wouldn't do him any good so slowly increase the, the temperature and i've got to organize his place outside his his house is in in the big shed with a hatch where he can go outside down a little ramp I've got to organise his outside area, get all that ready for him, organise his heat lamp, redo all that for him, so when he wakes up, he can uh, start mooching around in the garden. Hopefully the sun will be out. We're going to wake him up, I think, about the middle of February. Anyway, that's that. His name's Gary. I think I've mentioned that before. After the advert, do you remember that advert where the people are in the garden and it's springtime and they're sorting out the garden and Gary comes flying out of somewhere, the shed, and flying out of the garden. They say, oh, look, here comes Gary. <laughs> so we called him Gary. One book in particular I liked when I was young were the, the annuals. Do you remember the, the comics like Dandy, Beano, uh, what was the girls' one, Bunty, things like that? They did a yearly annual, a Christmas annual. And I used to love getting the, the Beano and the Dandy annuals and that I think that helped us as kids that helped us to read because you wouldn't just look at the pictures and also they had do you remember the Rupert books they'd have the story in ordinary text as well as sort of rhyming Rupert went down to the woods today where he was hoping to I don't know find someone to play or whatever you know what I mean they had the the rhyming things I used to have all the annuals they've gone where have they gone over the years disappeared somewhere but that was interesting I think a lot of books have been banned I can't think offhand someone mentioned to me the other day about uh, children's books 
Was it some ladybird books have been bad because they're not politically correct or, I don't know, some nonsense? It's all going too far, isn't it, all this nonsense? What is going on? I know a lot of people are offended by things these days, offended by, I don't know, silly things. But what are these triggers now in books? They warn people um, about triggers. Oh, it might distress you. It might upset you. Stoner crows. <laughs> you know, some of the, the kids' books back in my day, there were all sorts of things in there that were not, not offensive. Well, they weren't at the time. But what about the nursery rhymes? Was it Ring a Ring a Roses, A Pocket Full of Poses? Was that about the plague? I think it was. A lot of these nursery rhymes that go back hundreds of years, they're about dying and things and dreadful diseases. And Yeah, I think I must look that up. I shall add that to my list of things to look up. A Ring a Ring a Roses, A Pocket Full of Poses, A Tissue, A Tissue, We All Fall Down, Dead. So <laughs> I wonder whether people were offended or triggered by that back then. I don't know. It's a funny old world. I'm just reading something online about it. Um, the, the rhyme relates to symptoms of the plague, specifically the Black Death, the bubonic plague that spread through Europe in the 1340s, or the Great Plague of London, 1665-66. It says here that the ring was the ring of sores around the mouths of plague victims who subsequently sneezed and fell down dead. Oh, change of subject completely. I watched Winter Watch last night, Chris Packham, Michaela Stratham, and they were. this is interesting. They were talking, I think there are 130 animals, one of which is the badger. Now, this is interesting. Well, I think so. The badger... Uh, the, the female badger with her eggs, they, they get fertilised, OK, so she's pregnant. Now, what that fertilised egg does, it hangs around in the womb. It doesn't latch itself onto the wall of the, the uterus, right? So it hangs around there until the badger's body is fit enough to become properly pregnant. Now, for example, if it's the winter and there's not a lot of food around, the badger hasn't got much energy or much fat, then the egg, the embryo, will just hang around in the womb. It won't attach itself to the wall. And this can go on for months until something in the body decides, I don't know, perhaps the embryo thinks, oh, right, uh, looks like my mum's pretty healthy now. And it attaches itself to the, you know, the uterine wall, is that the thing? And the pregnancy carries on. But isn't that interesting? Imagine if humans were like that. <laughs> You've got your, your fertilised egg, little embryo, and nothing happens until you're fit. I don't know. <laughs> I better not say any more about that, had I? But isn't that interesting? That with badgers, uh, stoats, I think they said there are 130 animals that have this, I forget what it's called, the term for it, but uh, I just thought that was an interesting thing to mention to you. Nature is amazing, isn't it? I love these nature programs all about wildlife and, well, not only wildlife, plants, trees, the things they do. Quite fantastic. And Mother Nature, of course, they were talking about floods. Oh, here's a, a strange thing. People build houses on floodplains, don't they? I mean, what a dull thing to do. Then years later, oh, all the houses are flooded. I wonder why. Well, it's a floodplain, that's why. Duh. <laughs> it's not rocket science. And they were saying, again, this was Chris Packham, was it, I think? They were saying on there that there was a, 
an area of bog land that was like a sponge. This is somewhere, it's in the UK, I forget where, and this huge area of land is like a sponge, it soaks up the water. So what people did, this is many years ago, they dug a load of ditches to drain the water, which it did. That land was then suitable to graze cattle and sheep because it was no longer a huge wet sponge. So what happened? All the water ended up in this river that flooded down in a huge torrent down the, uh, the valleyway, the valley into the village, washed everything into the sea. Houses, everything, washed the whole lot out to sea. Why? Because they, they'd gone and drained this huge bog area, this big water soaking up type sponge. I think that was, uh, I think they did that about a hundred years ago. They didn't realise what they were doing. They are now filling in these ditches and making the land back into a, a proper bog, which, you know, a sponge, I suppose, as they put it. That's the best way to explain, isn't it? A massive sponge to soak up all the water. But it does make me laugh, though. Well, not laugh, it's make me despair, really. Oh, look, all the houses are flooded. Yeah, well, it's a floodplain. <laughs> I nearly said something then. I must be careful not to swear. <laughs> oh, and did I mention uh, yucca plant? Your joke, I did, didn't I? Uh, my little yucca plant. The joke, I can't mention it on here, but it's a fantastic joke. <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. I've just remembered there's something dreadful happening later this month. We're going to Bogner one of these Butlins music weekends. Oh, I hate it. We're going with, where's well, Trisha, myself, her sister um, and her husband and a couple of other friends. Ooh, oh dear, I don't like it. I've a good mind to take my little portable recorder and uh, put that on a podcast so you know first at first hand what I have to endure, the noise I have to endure. They call it music. Oh, I suppose it is music, but I just... I hate the whole thing. I would rather sit in the woods. Oh, that reminds me. I'm getting uh, rather remiss in my old age. Um, Karen, hello, Karen. Email, you're always on about wanting to live in the woods. Why don't you? <laughs> I can't, I don't know where her email is now. It's somewhere floating around the desk here amongst all this paperwork. But yeah, Karen, uh, I would like to live in the woods. Oh yeah, she mentioned off grid, go off grid. I don't want to go off grid because you've got no water supply, no gas, no electricity, no proper sewerage system. You've got nothing off grid. I don't want to do that. I wouldn't mind living, when I say living in the middle of the woods, I don't mean where my nearest neighbor is a hundred miles away. Well, actually that would be rather nice. I would like a, a local pub, perhaps a mile away to the local pub and a little shop because you find that supermarkets, they do these deliveries. They wouldn't come out to me in the woods, would they? They'd say, I'm not doing that. I'm not driving out there, especially in the winter. Six foot of snow. <laughs> You'd have to have your own decent sized freezer, massive chest freezer to keep food. You don't go shopping every other day. Go shopping perhaps once a month and then fill up your huge chest freezer or have two or three of them. That's a lot of electricity, isn't it? Anyway, that, that's the thing, Karen. It's just not so much becoming a total recluse, which would be lovely, <laughs> but just somewhere, well, even outskirts of a village or the outskirts of the town where I am. There are places only, what, a mile or two away from here that are in the country. 
on the outskirts of town. That's the sort of thing I mean. Not all this off-grid stuff. I'm too old for that. I think if anyone's going to do that, I admire them for doing that. Great. If you know that's what they enjoy, fantastic. But I think you've got to be kind of half my age to do that. It's no good getting old. Oh, my back hurts. My knee hurts. Oh, my shoulder hurts. I can't chop up the wood. That would be a disaster, wouldn't it? <laughs> but anyway, thank you for that, Karen. Thanks for your email. Anyone else want to email me? Don't forget, send me photos of cigarette cards, if you've got any, and anything else from the old days. That would be good that I could put on the website page. You remember what that was, don't you? You've forgotten. Or did you write it down? It's radio-workshop.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Not podcast, podcasts, as in plural. Okay, no apostrophe. No apostrophe in podcasts. <laughs> I won't get on to that rant again. But anyway, yes, so uh, living in the woods, very nice. Uh, if you can afford it for a start, you need a car. You've got to be able to drive. No good. I mean, in 10 years time, I probably won't be driving. Will I? 80 something? Oh, I don't know. I might. There will come a, a time when I no longer drive. There, there again, Trish can drive, can't she? Yeah, she can drive 20 miles from our log cabin in the woods to the shops <laughs> while I just sit in my, yeah, in my rocking chair chewing tobacco on the veranda. Is it a veranda? Yeah, imagine that. No, don't picture that. <laughs> Happy days. Just had a news alert here. JD Weatherspoons, you know, they're pubs. You probably won't know them if you're out of the UK, but they've um, quite a big pub chain. 39 pubs are up for sale. So that's, that's not good. A list here, Barnsley, Bexley Heath, Bournemouth, Crediton in Devon, Derby, loads in London, any near us. Oh, Hove, that's down the road from us. Mansfield, all these pubs closing. It's because people can't afford to go there at the price of a pint of beer these days. It's horrendous. Luckily, as you know, we go up to our local club. That's not too bad because the beer is a lot cheaper. All the drinks are a lot cheaper. But uh, all these pubs that are closing, it's such a shame. And a lot of the pubs now, the, the traditional pubs, well, they're not anymore. They're just restaurants. They they all cater for food. That's their main source of income, isn't it? Their main profit from the food. But there we are, 39 Weatherspoons pubs closing. What a shame. Right, I think that's enough for now. We're heading for the hour. So look after yourselves. Keep warm if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, especially if you're in Britain. It's freezing here. Now, actually, it's not too bad today. I think it's about five degrees. So look after yourselves and I will see you on uh, where? Next Wednesday. Bye bye for now.